Girls One podcast. It's America's pastime. Break out the peanuts and cracker jacks. Crack open a nice cold brewski. And shout at a browser tab in the desperate hope that a pitcher with hot dogs where his fingers should be doesn't fuck it up again. And now here are the only podcast hosts who occasionally moonlight as sports mascots, Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. Hello, everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Allie and I are performers. We had this live comedy show called Blogologues. We used the internet like a script um, and performed it on stage. Then we had a web series called Two Girls, One Show. You can find it on Hoo-Ha-Ha if you're interested. And we met the people behind all those internet posts from all those years of performing them and went on adventures with them. And now here we are with Two Girls, One Podcast. Uh, This is brought to you by The Daily Dot. And we are interviewing people behind internet communities and phenomena that are interesting to us and hopefully to all of you too. And we have our producer here, Matt. Hey, Matt. It's pretty interesting. I'll I'll, I'll allow it. I listen. (laughs) You'll allow it. I think today's episode topic was your idea, so it better be interesting. It was definitely (laughs) not mine. Well, today's topic kind of merges like different things that I wouldn't think I was interested in, but once you start digging into it, you're like, wow, this is really fascinating. Um, It's called Blazeball. Allie, what? Yes. (laughs) What the hell is Blazeball? And yes, there is an L in that word after the B. I don't have a speech impediment. What is Blazeball? I am going to quote for you a YouTube video. Is everyone excited? Where's the enthusiasm here? Oh, 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 oh. Okay. There is a 17-minute explainer on YouTube. To be totally honest, if it takes you 17 minutes to explain it, I think you failed. But I did (laughs) think there was one sentence they said, which was great. You know how passionate sports fans can be? Tracking stats and cheering for their team. And you know how creative internet fandom communities can be? Making fan art and fan fiction and memes. Blazeball fuses sports fandom with nerd fandom and creates a supernova of creativity. And that's that's what we're looking at today. May I quickly... Uh, push back on your assertion that if something takes 17 minutes to explain, the explanation has failed. Oh. In the world of YouTube, I was like, 17 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I have TikToks to watch. I can watch 17 (laughs) TikToks in that time. Yeah. Uh, He was wearing a sequin full-body Dodgers onesie in the video, so we all know I appreciated that. Um, (laughs) We we should name check because... Uh, he was times. very helpful. Uh, Quinton from People Make Games, uh, which is a, YouTube, a very wonderful, like, it's a documentary YouTube channel that discusses video game communities. We, and actually, we learned about uh, the Second Life brothels through uh, Quinton's video. So shout out to him. Thank you for connecting us with uh, our guests today. And thank you for explaining baseball to us. Because, Even though it took ooh. 17 minutes, I did, impreci- I did appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so it's a fictional online game. And I guess, yeah, if you think about like fantasy baseball, it's sort of like that, but there's a huge community aspect to it that helps like create these wacky characters and you can, you do bet on it, uh, but it no money is involved. <laughs> so we'll hear how that works. <laughs> but people are just wild about it. And it really came to be a thing during the pandemic as it were. Hmm. A little hmm. thing you may have heard of. So yeah, fans have been creating bios for the characters, which are pretty off the wall. And they've been creating fan art and whole worlds. They give them relationships. And so it seems like the developers and the fans really work together to build out this world. And the teams have great names. I'm from Baltimore, as you may know. And uh, the team is the Baltimore Crabs, which I think makes perfect sense. It's they also have the Philadelphia Pies. I'm from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm, I don't right. quite get the pie thing. I, but, yeah, I thought it was cheesesteaks. Yeah, me too. We'll have to ask our guest today. We're Maybe gonna be it's talking- like very like uh, vegan friendly forward. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. I could get into that. <laughs> yeah, it's no more st- cheesesteaks. So our guests today are a bunch of moderators who work in the baseball community, longtime groundskeepers, as they call themselves. Um, And we have actually three guests today. So guys, they're about to be six people on this here podcast together. Which honestly, in quarantine, like I haven't chatted with that many people in a year and I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, it'll be like. Yeah, very overwhelming. I agree. I might have to go and let you guys Honestly, that's what I was getting at. So glad that you said it and not me. So I'm ready to read for you guys a bio of one of the players. Is that not what we're doing right now, though? What's happening? No, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So one of the players is his name is Cedric Spliff. And the fans have written a bio for him. And the bio goes, Cedric Lone Star Spliff is also an ex-con, recovering scam artist, team weed dealer, and podcaster. <laughs> Originally hailing from Texas, Spliff hitched a ride to Seattle with Greer Griffin, which I think is another player, to escape his rodeo crimes. He is the co-host of the podcast Steely Dads alongside Greer Griffin. Despite the name of the podcast, the subject matter is not fatherhood. Instead, the podcast is focused on exploring conspiracy theories regarding the grand unslam that took place season three, day 73 in the game between the shoe thieves and the tacos. He has a past as a known con artist. His crimes committed include... Jen, you want to take these with me? Selling oregano instead of weed. Selling weed instead of oregano. Selling one-star weed at two-star prices? (laughs) Cable theft. Stealing mannequin parts from thrift stores to sell them to other thrift stores. (laughs) I love that. Donating jigsaw puzzles to thrift stores, but holding one piece back as leverage. Oh, shit. Posing as Polkadot Patterson's agent and arranging a trade to the Grand Forks Blorks. Posing as a professional baseball player. TMZ titled Spliff's Grifts was created to document these crimes for entertainment purposes. So what uh, I love about this is they have this very in-depth comedic bio for this baseball, baseball player. And then because of that bio, I guess they also started a zine documenting his crimes. Oh, my gosh. It's right. so, so fun. Like they've created an entire baseball wiki. Correct. It's not actually wiki, yeah. but like you can go to the specifically and read about all these players. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're doing shit on Discord, t- 
Twitter, uh, Reddit. Correct me if, if your research has shown you differently, but many games and movies and franchises have fan fiction that just goes crazy and it's some it's humorous and it's sexy whatever but this crazy fan stuff is becomes canonical like this this stuff you just read is legit part of the game now because it was written by the community am i understanding it right Yes. Yes. This player's backstory affects his yeah. how he plays the game now. The developers apparently have made changes to the gameplay based on what the fans create. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. So players do die in Blazeball. Like, they just die. Um, <laughs> there's all sorts of, like, weird weather things that can happen that can actually kill people. Um, and Just appara- like the real world? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually not during a baseball game. But, um, Shout but- out to our listeners in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but I believe uh, the fans petitioned for players to be able to come back from the dead. So now that is part of Correct. the gameplay. Necromancy is uh, very important in the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. So I understand. So on that note, I wanted to read one more really quick bio. Um, Matt, cue up the demonic music, please. Okay. Okay. All right. Here you go. Entropy Hand Cramp. Entropy is allegedly an impish demon who resides in the hustle and bustle of pandemonium hell. Every time the subject of their pre-Blaseball comes up, the story changes. Sometimes they mention having moved to the big city as a graphic design student after finishing their degree in visual communications at Hack, the Hades Art College. And other times they claim to have lived in the same city their entire life and only took up their current career as a pandemonium artist hitter because their grandmother did the same in a long bygone time. That's entropy hand cramp for you. Guys, there are hundreds of baseball players, though, so you need mm-hmm. to check out the wiki. Just read the wiki from top to bottom. That should clear everything up. <laughs> uh, well, this is more sporting than I've done in years. <laughs> <laughs> Call it a day here. I do have some trivia here that I think you'll enjoy before we talk to our guests. All right. Today's episode is about my new favorite sport, baseball. Today's trivia is about another bizarre and highly unlikely baseball team. Don't get them confused. I'm talking about traditional, regular, old, boring, plain baseball. Uh, This team played four nail-biting baseball games in the summer of 1911 in Rollins, Wyoming, a place we all know and love. Uh, This was not a group of friends getting together to play ball. It was not a professional sports team. Yet these games, much like baseball, caused a frenzy of excitement and were covered by national newspapers. What was so unique about this group of Wyoming all-stars in 1911? I have three choices for you. A, the team was comprised of convicted murderers, rapists, and thieves who would get time off of their prison sentences and stays of execution if they won games. Losing games or making errors on the field would result in death. That's not true. Choice B. The team was comprised of 11 retired circus chimpanzees and one zoo orangutan, all of which were disturbingly good at baseball. They won two out of the four games against their human opponents. (laughs) Well, that's adorable. See, all of these you have me (laughs) until the last sentence, and then I'm like, no. (laughs) 
C. The team was made up entirely of women, and they defeated every men's team that they played in the state of Wyoming. This story of women in baseball predates the popular World War II premise of everyone's favorite movie, A League of Their Own. That's choice C. Which of these is true? Which of them did I make up? Well, geez. Um, I'm going to go with A. (laughs) Okay. Allie goes with the murderers and rapists, as usual. Probably would have been my first choice, too. I'm going to go with B, though. Uh, Let's believe in the animal kind and and their potential. (laughs) (laughs) Their baseball potential. We will find out the answer after this little break. Friends and fans, it's a beautiful day in Patreon land and a a wonderful day to give our thanks. That's right. It's a special thank you to Chris Harrison up in the stands. Number 22, Jerry Duran. And Jessica Fox. Pinch hitter Melissa Elliott. Is that even a position? (laughs) Shortstop James Dozier. I'll also just say positions. Uh, keeper of the bats, Deborah Duberpants. Uh, Kathy Phillips, the famous ball girl. That great mascot of the team, William. And of course, we couldn't do it without our umpire, Matthew Scott. Three cheers for contributing at the $10 level or more on our Patreon. Hip. Hip. Hooray. Guys, I played paddle tennis last week, and it was dope. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Coming for me, that's big. <laughs> that's pretty cool. How'd you do? I did a sport. <laughs> uh, I did a lot better than I thought I, that I would, but I also thought that I was going to suck so hard. <laughs> I'm usually best at sports the first few times I play them out of sheer luck and enthusiasm. <laughs> It is. I really think so. I never thought of beginner's luck as enthusiasm. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then you just get so sad and (laughs) you realize how bad you are. Exactly. "Ah, Why even try? Why try? (laughs) Right. All right. Here's here's your trivia answer. Uh, In the summer of 1911 in Rollins, Wyoming, uh, the world was glued to a particular baseball team. Uh, what was up with the with that team? Uh, Allie went with A, that it murderers. was a, a bunch of murderers and convicted rapists and thieves who would get time off their sentences and stays of execution if they won games. And if they lost games, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm doing that thing across the throat, you know? <laughs> Uh, gotcha. Jen, you went with the with the chimp and orangutan team uh, be actually winning against human players. That's right. No one chose a team of ladies uh, predating a league of their own. Just felt like the most normal answer, so no. <laughs> it, felt, it felt too normal. Ladies playing baseball? Ain't nothing normal about that. <laughs> the correct answer is A. What? The Wyoming State Penitentiary All-Stars. This is like, we, we, don't, we don't live in a good country. I'm sorry no, to say don't. this. I thought that, you know, it added up. It added up. Except yeah. for them, 
they died at the end? Or is that just because, like, then they were still on death row? Is that what you meant? Sort of, but, like, literally, you know, the the prison wardens and the uh, state officials who were sort of arranging this were like, hey, we got a bunch of guys on death row who are really good at baseball. Let's run a gambling hustle on the side. And so they would pit them against other teams in the area. And these guys were all up for appeals and up for, you know, stays of execution. And they were, you know, basically circumventing due process and saying, if you win games, you keep playing baseball. If you lose games, you, you, you get hanged, basically. And so these guys were play. I mean, they're all they're murder, murderers and like they're convicted felons. But like, it's so fucked up. And guess what? Everyone was like, yeah, let's watch, you know, uh, there's a, there's a book, uh, uh, written about this. This is from an article in the New York post that was talking about the book death row, all stars, a story of baseball, corruption, and murder individual errors that cost the team a win would result in death. So if you fumbled the ball, bobbled the ball or struck out, and that was the losing nail in the coffin, uh, you, you, your, 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 your death sentence would, would come the next day or something. There's a t- group of 12 felons. They won all four of the games that they played. Uh, the star player was a convicted murderer named Joseph Sang, who was actually going through an appeals process. Uh, he was sentenced to be hanged, but that day that he was sentenced for mysteriously passed because the team kept winning. Ultimately, he was put to death later after this season of corruption was over. And eventually the state governor got around to breaking up this, you know, horrifying uh, social experiment. America! America. Oh, this happened in the in the 1740s. This happened in the Middle Ages. You'd be like, of course it did. This is 20th century America. Yeah. Yeah. I just did a quick Google. You can see a picture of the whole team and the New York Post article, Death Row All-Stars. Just stick it in Google. That is so disturbing uh, to see human faces in a photograph. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, let's lift the mood. I got trivia, right? How about that? (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it. All right, folks, it is time to get this party started. And by party, it it is a party because as we said, we're about to have six people in this podcast together. And, you know, we just aren't used to being around humans anymore. So we're really excited. Um, Please welcome to the podcast, um, Elliot Trinidad, Bria Davis, both Blaseball groundskeepers and Felix Kramer, Blaseball ump. (laughs) Welcome to the show, the three of you. Hi, thank thank you. you. Glad (laughs) to be here. here. All right. So we're just going to start. We tried our best to explain at the top what we thought Blaseball is. Um, Mm. But can you please just give us a brief overview to start? What is Blaseball and how does it work? Yeah, um, I'm Felix, a stated ump of Blaseball. And Blaseball is many things. It is browser-based. It's free. It's an absurdist horror fantasy baseball fan simulator. Uh, I know that sounds a little wild at first, and I promise it stays that way. Uh, We don't really work (laughs) quite the same way as other video games. Um, Our players aren't actually playing Blaseball. They're actually watching games play out in text on the website, and then they're betting in-game currency called coin on the outcome of those matches. So the actual sport of baseball takes place in seasons 
And we, the developers, have created a simulator that runs games every hour from Monday to Friday with fake players and fake teams all on the website. At the end of every season, there are elections and players cast vote, fans cast votes, and it gets a little wild. It gets a little a little out there at times. A little so, rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So before we get too far, Felix, what is you're the ump? What, can you explain to us what do you do? And for the other two of you, what are you doing as groundskeepers? Yeah, so um, as umpump is sort of an affectionate term uh, in this context uh, to describe developer, there are a few developers on Blazeball. is about a team of six-ish people. Um, and we kind of, as I was saying before, create uh, the circumstances by which that simulator runs. And that's, I, I liken it a little bit to being a GM in a tabletop RPG where we're kind of creating a world and and setting things up and uh, the fans are are making it play out in specific ways. So that's ump in this context. In in other contexts, ump can be a little bit more uh, evil's not the word, but uh, definitely a little <laughs> less predictable. Um, you know, if you're a fan of baseball, you might know that umps can go rogue and incinerate players. That has ha- has been known to happen, but I'm not one of those umps. I am a good and benevolent ump. True. Well, we have that on record. They all say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Felix hasn't incinerated me, but I have been incinerated by other umps before. So, <laughs> wow. Um, so, Bria, you as groundskeeper can be incinerated? <laughs> Does that yes. protect you in some way? <laughs> no, you would think that it would, but uh, in the in the Discord context, anyone can be incinerated if you've done something an ump doesn't really appreciate. Uh, in the game, it doesn't really matter. The groundskeepers did show up in the game at one point over siesta, which is when the game takes a long break for the developers to sort of recuperate, and our character was catapulted into space. And that was the end of it. So we didn't get incinerated, but I, a groundskeeper, a Discord moderator, okay. have been incinerated. Okay, <laughs> I'm making it. it really simple for everybody to understand. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really going I'm in on the deep not end. Not confusing at all. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Elliot. I'm also one of the groundskeepers, and the groundskeepers are basically moderators for the community. The baseball community is. Big and vast and across the entire internet, but a lot of us are focused on the official Discord, which right now has a member base of like 30,000, 31,000. That's like a wow. It's like a hmm. small city <laughs> full of people. <laughs> so as is the case with a lot of fandoms, it, there's a lot of people competing for attention or or just coming in and, and needing to need having questions that they need answered or looking for other people who have the same interests. The groundskeepers at some level are kind of just there to make sure everybody is having a good time and can have like can get into this fandom and feel safe and feel like they can create cool stuff and have it be appreciated. Yeah, I, I, everybody's a volunteer right now, which I would love to just say thank you. <laughs> you know, in every interview, you. every interview we do, I say thank you to the the groundskeepers that join me because it's an incredibly demanding job, but everybody's been unbelievable at doing it. So let's back it up. What? How are these teams created? Who names these teams? Because we saw the Kansas City Breathments, the Canada Moist Talkers. Mm-hmm. I'm from Baltimore, <laughs> so I liked the Baltimore Crabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does this? How does this happen? 
from the developer side, we are definitely pouring time into thinking of things. And, and those names that you see on the website are definitely uh, what came out of many brainstorming sessions. Those are the kinds of things we're actively writing for you. So you guys na- create, create <laughs> and name the teams and then the fans take it from there? or Correct, correct. That's part of the simulation that we the simulator that we talked about earlier. So the team names and the simulator itself are all, and the player names, etc. So the player names are another really big one. They're not as authored as the team names. The team names are very specifically chosen by us for lots of reasons that I won't go into uh, because they're all spoilers. So there. Um, but no, we, we do choose the team names specifically. The player names, however, are a combination of a few things. There is a big old farm uh, spreadsheet farm, if you will, uh, first names and last names, and the simulator picks and chooses them uh, at the time of creation of each player and spits it out. So sometimes you get um, pretty pretty normal things, um, you know, but whatever. There's some, some, I can't think of a single, I'm, I said that. Richmond Jessica Harrison. Telephone. <laughs> yeah, Richmond Harrison, Jessica Telephone. Those are the more normal ones for sure. Uh, and then you're going to get some other ones uh, that are less normal. And one of the ways that you can, can sort of participate in that is that we have opened that up to our Patreon subscribers um, who can submit every month one name to be added into that pool and so you get some you get some goodies wow truly this um it, it's reminding me of like a surrealist exercise of like people just like randomly contributing a lot of different things that are coming together in like a piece of art because some of these names are like really compelling <laughs> we actually read some of the bios up front so the listeners have an idea i think of uh you know who some of them are <laughs> um so this is a free platform but people are betting so how does the betting work what are they betting on we have an in-game currency, and that in-game currency is free. So we call it coin. And coin is used to uh, bet on games and the outcomes of games. So the winner of the game might have odds uh, against or for it, and you're going to bet and earn a- according to those odds. At the end of the game, you're paid out, and at the top of the hour, new games start. So you're betting every hour if you're betting to maximum. Um, there's other ways to earn coin, but that's the first and foremost easiest way to sort of get into the game. Uh, and then on top of that, you've got passive ways to earn coins. So right now there are things called idols, which are, you know, you can sort of choose to worship a player of your choice. And every time that player does something cool, you might get coin according to what they've done. So you will accrue coin over time, even if you can't log into the website every hour or more multiple times a day uh, to bet specifically, right? Um, some people have found <laughs> great ways to min-max this to the point of <laughs> getting a lot of coin. And that's a good thing because then you spend your coin you've been earning uh, on various items, including votes. And votes are the way that each individual player or fan of baseball interacts with the grander scheme and the bigger narrative of the game every week. You're voting on all sorts of things, uh, little things that affect players, big things that may affect the entire league. And so that's the motivation behind betting and behind earning coin is sort of this individual but collective effect that you can have on the game long term. What determines the odds? Is it the simulation or is it the bets? Okay. What are the factors that go in there? Or is that a secret sauce kind of thing? I mean, um, there's some pretty cool uh, things that you can put. Like, if you pull up a player or a team statistics, there's really fun things on there that make total sense. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> like pregame pregame rituals, and which you know everybody you know ties their shoes a different way, etc. But then things like their soul scream, or uh, you know, they're all sorts their of stats. soul scream. Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really normal soul scream, stat. Um, it's just right. classic. 
<laughs> what is a soul scream and what do yours sound like? <laughs> Ooh. They're best typed. Uh, in my experience, soul screams are anywhere between 30 and 100 characters long. So um, overall, I have a lot of A's and E's in mine. Yeah, just um, like us, I think a soul scream only exists when you're online. Mm-hmm. You can't, mm-hmm. it's, it's fully online. Okay. <laughs> Ellie, what's your soul scream? Nice. Accurate. A hundred percent. Um we probably will never add sound to the website. Quote me on that. But uh if we do, I'm stealing that. I'm gonna yeah, get you I'm to send it to me. Great, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and some voiceover but work. I would actually just like to voice all of the sound the the soul screams. Also, you just said the words to be serious, which I just don't feel fits in this conversation. It's, just, it's not appropriate. Blaseball is very serious, actually. Right, so. right. That's that's why it's called Blaseball, you know, because that's yeah, of course. The L is for serious. Yeah. 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 The L is for serious. Yeah. I know you're gonna you're gonna you're elaborating a bit, but I wanna but if I'm playing an RPG and a character has strength, I know what that means in a game context. So do the players of Blazeball understand what Soul Scream will affect in the game and thus do the betting? Or is it like, I have no idea what this means? Let's roll the dice. Right. So I was joking a little bit. Those are those are factors in the game, but they're definitely not the uh, not the thing people are looking at to determine the okay. odds. Um, the odds are determined by truly there are there are stats that the teams have, um, and those stats are a little obscured. I would say very obscured. Um, you can sort of get a feel for how strong your team is. If, let's say if you're if you've chosen a specific team and you get a look at it, um, they might have modifi- modifiers on them that will say bonuses to certain things. You know. Mm-hmm. Base run- players will have base running bonuses or, you know, batting bonuses, etc. And that gives you a sense of it. The odds are shown to you on the website, uh, but the sim is, as we love to refer to it, malevolent. So uh, <laughs> it truly is up to chance. Each individual action that happens within the game is d- calculated in the moment. And it doesn't really matter that much if it's a 30, you know, 70 odd. Um, oftentimes the underdog will take take the win. And that's that's part of baseball, right? Just sort of sacrificing your own expectations to the wind and saying like, well, I'm betting today on this definite winner and losing coin is, is all part of it. The mechanic that lets you continue playing, even if you do find yourself down and out and penniless, coinless, is um, a mechanic that is called on the website beg, at which point you can just beg the league for more coin, and we will bestow it upon you and you can start again. (laughs) There's so many stats and so many things that the sim can do that it can often replicate the weirdness of of real-life baseball. Like, players do have scores, like, there's this very straightforward pitching stat, and okay, that's ranked from one star to five or six stars and you see a player that has like five stars in pitching you're like okay they're 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 a safe bet right but just like real life sometimes they underperform sometimes sometimes like a a two-star pitcher actually gets a lot more shutouts and you just don't know why like you can try to piece it together using stats and data and sheets but sometimes it just works like that (laughs) They had a bad day or they had a good day, whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a human factor. Right? Oh, one of the stats is vibe. Sometimes they've got a bad vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Sometimes they're not vibing. It happens. So, 
So what are the decrees? And are the decrees like always malevolent or not necessarily? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, decrees are written by us, again, just to point out where the game is authored or not, written by the developers and presented to the fans every week. Um, and they are surfaced on a Monday and you vote on them until voting ends at the end of the season. And they range from nothing which do nothing was literally a decree one time. Uh, it didn't have a description. It just said do nothing. And I will not uh, confirm nor deny whether it actually would have done anything or not, but it was an option. It did not get all chosen. The, all the, it did not get chosen. All the way through uh, the most infamous of decrees, which was open the forbidden book. And all that really said was open the forbidden book. Um, and that was the very first decree. And so those are examples. There's lots of other examples in between, but, uh, you know, we it's it's our device as developers to give the fans uh, a way to affect the game. Maybe obscured a little. Maybe we're a little tongue in cheek about it. Maybe you know it is definitely worded to confuse. Uh, but hopefully, it's always exciting. I always like to say in season one, the fans opened the forbidden book, and by season eleven they were collecting, collectively pooling their powers together to kill God, right? So it, yeah. it escalates quickly. <laughs> it definitely guides the game in a direction. It stays wild the whole time. You know, and in addition to decrees, there are blessings. And, and so there's two sort of main things that people vote on every week. And blessings are more player-focused and boon-focused and exciting for individuals or easier to go for as a, an individual team rather than decrees, which are more effective of affecting the entire league. Yeah. Uh, as a whole. Let's take it a, in a bit of another direction at the moment. So we read that this really took off during the pandemic. So I was wondering if you could speak to how and why you think fans really flocked to the game during this time. I think baseball really resonated with a lot of people who were looking for a sense of connection or community during a deeply isolating time. Right. And we were hoping it would bring people together, but the actual reaction has sort of blown us away. And we're really, really, really excited about it. It's kind of just like any sport. You know, I talk about the voting and watching games, text based games, and all the weirdness and wackiness, but really it's best done with fellow fans. And so I don't think it's a coincidence. Right. Similarly, a lot of us needed something to occupy our brains in a pretty intense global situation, I'd call it. And <laughs> baseball was built under that same situation. So I don't think it's a coincidence either that it's been presented in a way that sort of marries very passive play with very active community. Yeah. And speaking of, we know that the community and the work that they create from it is so big. So can you tell us a little bit more about where the community lives and what they create? And um, yeah, I really want to hear about the fan art. Also, I want to know if rule 34 comes into play. <laughs> Not in the discord. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the rule of rule 34 is that it exists. It has mm. to. So right. yes, it does. But right. uh, we do like to keep it a all ages server. And okay. uh, the developers want it to be an all-ages game. It's yeah. there if you look for it, but, you know. Oh, and I will look for like it. Any, yes, you As will. you should. As you should. <laughs> There's a lot of wonderful yeah. stuff, just not in the Discord. <laughs> if you know what to Google, oh, we You know what you you're looking for. <laughs> the idea of participating as a community in a horror game in a horrifying situation in a lot of aspects and being able to impact what happens, being able to have agency 
over what happens in the game, what happens to your team to a certain extent. Like certainly you can't control everything, but there's a level of collaboration in community and being able to work together to either impact the way other people see your team or participate in the larger story that I think a lot of us maybe are looking for in a time where we feel like we don't have a lot of agency and don't have a lot of collaboration maybe happening to get us out of the situation and don't feel like the horror will be over anytime soon. I think there's that level of like, I don't know, the reason that a lot of women listen to true crime to sort of experience that horror and feel agency in a situation that's that's safe and with a community that supports you in that. Yeah, it seems like humor is obviously humor is such a huge aspect of it, too, that we can sort of laugh at death or, you know, and, right. uh, you know, very real things, but reflected in this game, it's actually you're able to laugh at it. Yeah, I think it's yeah. one thing to to be attached to fictional characters and, you know, follow a story, follow a TV show and start extrapolating what happens to these characters. But it's another thing when when it's like a live thing that there's no there's no writer's room involved. And so any character that you get attached to and start thinking of like, you know, what do they do in their off time? What what do they look like? What what fun things can I can I get out of this character? And then knowing that at any point during the week, they might die. They might just like die suddenly in the middle of the game. Or yeah. they might get switched to another team and their whole their whole identity, their whole look changes. You know, all of these things happen that are kind of just acts of nature and not put together because it, it was something that the writers thought would be would shake things up and are sort of just like stuff just happens, you know, like sometimes stuff just happens. And they're yeah. they're uh, like you said, during the pandemic, there's there's a little bit of, of release in that in in following these fictional characters and seeing them just put up with weird situations that you might <laughs> yourself be going through and getting really excited about it. Not just doing that, not just having this, this these headcanons, but also sharing that with other people and then bouncing off of them and, and having friends that you end up collaborating with and writing with at the same time about this shared interest. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. This is why I like games, tip tend to like games more than fiction because it's alive. It's so much more fascinating to me. Yeah, live games especially. This is my first experience, the dev team's first experience with a live game in a lot of ways, or a live game like this at least, and watching it evolve in front of your eyes is unreal. It's so mm -hmm. cool. And seeing what people do with it too, right? Like you're projecting yeah. <laughs> onto something like a TV show is one thing, but projecting right. onto a live game is is truly special. Yeah. You can write all the Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan fiction you want, and I have. Um, <laughs> but it will never affect the show canon and mm -hmm. this is not the case because mm -hmm, it is a living right. organism that mm -hmm. can be changed so where does the community congregate online we have heard about discord i think there's a pretty big uh presence on twitter where, where do people tend to go on the baseball team are more most centralized around discord it's it's a big community that has a lot of channels that that can be moderated um, there's lots of fans on Twitter. I found about the game through Twitter. Um, there's lots of fans on, on Tumblr and, and other social media. Uh, but Discord is a great place for people to get, to, to be able to interact with others on their team and other fans live. Um, and this especially happens when like Blaseball, the website, it has live games because then certain chat rooms just can become like a cheering section, you know, like you're actually all live <laughs> watching this thing together. Um, and especially during, during uh, 
the league tournaments, stuff like that. Like, you know, the, the chat is, it's just like watching like a live stream or a live game. And, and, and the thing just, the, the chat screen just goes burr, just like a thousand <laughs> messages a second of everybody cheering with, with their own chance, their team specific chance and, and reactions and memes and stuff. Was I reading that, um, like there's some crowdsource creation of characters by smaller groups in discord or something like that. Does that happen? As in role play? Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So not in our Discord. Because it's so big, we definitely have a no role play policy because uh, it okay. gets a little bit dicey with the fact that we want to keep it open to different interpretations and have different headcanons, etc. But I've seen a lot on Twitter, um, especially Twitter is a place where a lot of the fans go to take their interpretations of characters. And and weirdly, it's it's been pretty cool to see that sometimes there are like six iterations of one character and they kind of all just like interact with each other. It's not that yeah. big a deal, you know, like the Wikipedia is also another place that it's less of a community where people are chatting live, but it is definitely somewhere people are collaborating in real time. And that's another great example of just co- the coexistence of different of the same character in multiple timelines, for example. Um, it's the easiest way to really think about it, um, because like my interpretation of Jessica Telephone might not be yours. I keep using Jessica. Come on. <laughs> I gotta use a different character. Just anybody else. Oh J- my Jaylen god. Jalen hot dog fingers. Jalen hot dog fingers. Just Thank you. <laughs> On the wiki team, they've figured out a way to make it so that when you refresh the page, if there are multiple entries for that that en- that character or that that aspect of the game, maybe a different version comes up every time you load the page. Right. That's yeah. Very cool. Yeah. They that's had to like cool. basically invent that because that's not wiki technology that existed mm-hmm. for that purpose. If you go to like 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 a like a Marvel movie wiki, right? You just see the character and their bio and even if they have different timelines in that universe, they're just listed on the same page. But in Blazeball, the living aspect of it and, and the idea that that we and the developers want to encourage everybody to have their own ideas of a character exist simultaneously means that the great people behind the wiki um wanted to preserve that. So, you know, all of these character interpretations can exist simultaneously and don't have to be congruent with each other if they don't want to be. It's so cool and and really confusing, but uh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's the other part. Earlier when I was saying like you, you can dive in as much as you want, I think the thing to remember is that there are a lot of people who participate with Blazeball by watching the games out on the website, betting coin, and never loading up the discord or the wiki or you know and that's totally it's the it's as valid as anything else and then i've seen it the other way around which is what this one's wild to me i've seen role play accounts who have never been to the website (laughs) not not joking (laughs) yes not joking there have been i have watched entire conversations on twitter take place where it and it's phenomenal you think about it for a second you go of course they're looking for it's the same kind of people i suppose that that really love to make up ocs right like if you have your original characters and that kind of thing then you you're given a name you're given a context and you run with it the way i sort of know that we are not just a cool role play place or a cool character driven narrative emergent narrative experiment social experiment that we're an actual sport is that we have a team of people who are interested in baseball stats they've named themselves they are cyber which is the society for internet baseball research and they are <laughs> awesome they take they scrape everything that happens they 
you know, put it all into databases and into, into just like feeds and, and they record it all. And then they spit it all back out again in ways that make us, the developers kind of real and go, what did we make? Why are <laughs> I mean, there, why is there a stat? Why is runs per run a stat? Oh dear. Um, <laughs> right, like they take the, they take the game as it happens on the website and then treat it like real baseball games where, yeah. where they, you know, calculate RBIs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They calculate yeah. what each player does and, and how well they do. Which is especially funny because the game of baseball introduces extra mechanics that obviously do not exist in real life baseball. For example, like what happens with your stats sheet when an inning can go like 30 outs? Like, do you just make the box bigger? And they did. They had to make the box they bigger. They make the box bigger. Wow. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be like Dogecoin that started as a joke, but then it became something real. I feel like baseball, it's that's becoming 20, a real sport That's all of 2020. And that's yeah. when players start really dying. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Well, you know, I'll it turns never, out we all die. And that I'll was never because go of baseball. So, it wasn't yeah. climate change that did it. It was baseball. <laughs> if it ever starts raining peanuts, Nuts. We'll know. That, we'll know the baseball is on its way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But b- before we jump ahead, I-, I have to ask the stat people: Are what they're finding? How am I going to ask this? You, 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 you guys will understand what I'm asking. Are these things predictive? Meaning, do they actually inform the 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 player base about how to bet? Mm. Or do they just gather data and then your simulation is literally just a random number generator that just spits out randomness? I'm not saying give away the simulation secret no. sauce, but like, does this data mean anything or or, or no? Is it just for fun? Yes and yes. Yes, yes okay. and, and yes. <laughs> yes um, <yeah. laughs> Yeah, there are definitely things that are extremely helpful in the betting process. I think, you know, people that there are people who are better than others at betting. I am not very good at betting because I bet with my heart and not with my uh, baseball brain. That was my soul scream. Not with my many fingers, as we have determined many players have so many fingers. Um, but I think I think, you know, the stats that that come out of. <laughs> The stats that come out of Cyber are all very real, but many of them are kind of useless. Uh, That's what I'm asking. Yeah. yeah, many of them are kind of useless. Like, you know, there are... Oh, God, how do I even... I'm going <laughs> to let Bria and or Elliot I mean, take it, because I, I know too much, but I think neither of you I do, so exactly it's right. safe. I get it. Yeah, I get it. yeah. Like, we don't have access to the forbidden knowledge. Uh-huh. And that's, that's, yeah, we should define that. Yeah, the forbidden knowledge is also something you should define, Bria. My understanding of forbidden knowledge is stuff mined from the back end of the baseball website. Uh, so, for instance, there is the forbidden book that Felix mentioned that you open, and it is essentially the rule book of baseball. And redacted. there, are, yeah, a lot of it is redacted in the actual context of the book on the website. And so if people mine information that like the dev team has put in for future events and want to talk about it, which happens a lot in cyber or cyber or the stats people's uh, zone, they will like spoiler warn it like you can on discord and actually redact the text and treat it as if it is actual forbidden knowledge that they have gained uh, within both the context of discord and the context of the game itself. 
I don't know how useful the actual stats that they gather <laughs> are for people. I also vote with my heart, but I love a data crime. Well, I can answer a bit of it. For example, one of a really practical and useful way that stats are used is that in Blazeball, there there is a mechanic where you can pick one of the team players as your idol. Um, you say, this is the one I'm going all in on, regardless of team. And if they do really well, if they hit a home run or something, then you get extra coins. A pro tactic, a pro level tactic, if you're just online all the time, is to switch up who is going to be your idol every game, um, which means you have to be online all the time, but then you you maximize coin output, right? Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it's like, okay, this th this is the best player who's playing this hour out of all the games. So what Cibra can do is like say, okay, here, here's the records for all of the players uh, who are up for this next hour, and if you want to maximize your coin output, this one's a really good bet. An impractical way numbers are put to use is when they make fun charts in 3D that measure <laughs> <laughs> that measure like what, well, like outs per out. I don't know. We're but gonna that's link just, you to some things per out. Correct. Yes, because yeah, you can have more than run. one out for yeah. a certain out. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes you have more than one run for every single run that happens. Sometimes you get negative runs. It depends on the weather, really. But that's just fun nerd stuff, and I respect it. But I guess <laughs> what I'm getting at, and what you've answered here, is that the data is predictive, and if you spread your bet around and say, yes, I'm always going to bet on or put the idol with the best hitter, it won't always work. But statistically, over time, the simulation is accurate or true to the data. It is not literally just a computer rolling dice every time. It, it right. actually is simulating based on right. stats. Yeah, the simulation makes decisions based on a bunch of information it has at the time. You're correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's sometimes frustrating, but also it's part of what makes baseball still where anything can happen at any given moment. So in season three, there was a blessing that a player could win called exploratory surgery, uh, which means that it p takes the worst pitcher on your team and rerolls its pitching score. So, you know, they could become better. Uh, they could become worse. So there's a character named uh, Wyatt Glover who was awarded the exploratory surgery blessing because they were the tacos, the the Los Angeles tacos is or infinite tacos is worst pitcher and being a blessing that randomizes the stats it randomizes three times so the surgery randomizes Glover's pitching stats from half a star uh, to half a star which meant that Glover was eligible for another round of surgery which again randomizes Glover's uh, pitching stats from half a star to half a star again and then they were subjected to a third and final round of surgery, which randomizes Glover's pitching stats from half a star to zero stars. <laughs> uh, so Glover remained the taco's worst pitcher, even though they won the blessing. Failed surgeries, all, yeah. all told. I mean, I think I think that's something that I really love about baseball is that so many times it shouldn't work or it doesn't work or things go wrong, and I think that makes either a community success or a random success so much better when we actually pull it off <laughs> because uh, the sim is malevolent and it will punish us for our right. crimes to descend against God. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think a lot of these are so much more entertaining when you know that there's no writer involved. Like sometimes the dice roll and give you a funnier or more dramatic output than anyone could have made 
So Allie and I don't know much about statistics. Well, I can't speak for Allie. I don't know yeah, much about statistics. Yeah, you can text me on that. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but we do know about fan fiction. And I know we've already kind of, you know, touched on this. But I want to know a little bit more, like, is the fanfic, is it like play-by-plays of games? Is it personal stories from the players' lives? I want to hear about the romances between the fake players. Yeah. I there read are, that there are players. <laughs> I also heard there are players that share teams with their lovers, fathers, and pets. <laughs> yes, there are. There is uh, there is a lot of lore for a lot of different characters and how they interact. All right, can we uh, hear teams... a dramatic read <laughs> from you guys of anything. your favorite baseball yeah. fan fiction? Oh man, I'm like we we do Let's have a keeper out. on the team that just finished up a sad Jessica telephone fic that I'm sure we we could find, but I don't know if they would want us to put them on blast like that. Okay, fair enough. But something that I personally find really engaging about the fan fiction within this game is the like aspect of it being a part of the game and like being a part of the broader narrative. So like there is a baseball musical that was recently made. Um like a full musical about Sebastian Telephone, who I believe is related to Jessica Telephone, who is arguably the most famous baseball player other than maybe Jalen Hotdog Fingers. And <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I would really have appreciated if it was Sebastian Telephone and Jessica Telephone, no relation. Oh, there's no a few relation. of those, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that's, there's that's a couple, definitely a thing yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Don't worry, Matt, if that's what you want. That can be your headcanon, and it's just as valid. <laughs> Welcome. You've just written your first baseball. Add, add it to the multiverse, okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but there are people that will create a character for the, like an OC in the baseball universe and then host a podcast recounting the play-by-plays of baseball games in character as an actual piece of media or a Twitch stream. People will like live commentate on baseball as it's happening or the seattle garages in context of the game are like a band they're they're a band that's also a baseball team (laughs) and so a bunch of fans of the garages then formed the band the garages and it put out real music like real there are like four albums of garages music and they're all bops we'll link you to it it's excellent it's like you know i heard it Shocking <laughs> I remember in the first few seasons, uh, Boyfriend Montreal had a video <laughs> game made after them. And, you know, I'm looking for it now. I'm trying to find it now. Um, a lot of the wiki pages have a section that basically amounts to uns- unsubstantiated rumors. And then it just lists a bunch of rumors about these players that anybody could write. And most of them are flirtatious looks or glance, stolen glances or, um, <laughs> you know, exes, uh, talking about exes. And and I just want to say that's a goldmine if you're looking for stuff to, to read out loud. I think the first sentence is, Boyfriend Morel was a beloved omnisexual batter for the Kansas City Breathmints. And that what does alone, omnisexual really mean? Can yeah, we talk about it? Who know, but who knows? But who knows, right? I mean, that's the joy of it, truly. Does pansexual, pansexual I get. Omnisexual mm. is still giving me troubles. Uh, by definition, every baseball player is inhuman, is explicitly inhuman. That is mm. canon. It's on the front page mm. of the website. We mm. stand by it as developers mm. and a community. So 
Uh, omnisexual probably just means that you can also date the pitching machine if you really want to. Uh, <laughs> who's the pitching machine? Weirdly, the pitching machine is the only one that's actually the thing that it says it is. It's now a batter, I think. I think it's a batter, yeah. now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a batter. <laughs> yeah. I love batter. the pitching machine so much. <laughs> yeah. So a brief TLDR of the pitching machine is that one of the teams figured out that out of protest, they could go on strike by getting all of their batters uh, encased in a giant peanut shell pitchers. so they pitchers. couldn't actually pitchers. bat. Pitchers. The, Sorry. Is it, oh, yeah, yeah it's a pitching yeah, yeah. machine. Right. Brain, em- brain empty. No, no, <laughs> and it's, the, it's the previously mentioned tacos that we were talking about where their, yes. their pitcher got re-rolled three times into a zero-star pitcher. Right. So they had no a coincidence really that it is historically that team. bad team. They were some of the, le- the worst performers in the league, so they decided, <laughs> what happens if our team just like doesn't have any pitchers? Like, are we disqualified? Let's find out. Yeah, and we we did not. We were we were there. We were ready for it. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be ready for everything. And again, to be serious for a second, like this is lovingly referred to as the sacrifice in baseball. Um, <laughs> to be serious. By the way, to be serious, this is called the sacrifice. Yeah, it's, it's lovingly referred to as the sacrifice. All of the pitchers on the tacos were put into giant peanut shells. Um, but as a developer, right, as a development team, you're kind of watching them do it and joke about it. You know, you're, you've are you got your eyes on the Discord, you've got your eyes on Twitter, you're kind of looking and watching and you realize, oh, shit, they're going to do it. And you better have something up your sleeve because the answer to is the sim ready for anything is 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 really no i mean we have to write it we have to like create the circumstances in which the simulation can the simulator can actually respond to things and uh, that's a great example of feeling really clever and good from all aspects i think like if billy's ball can make everybody feel really clever it can make the tacos feel excellently clever for for (laughs) sacrificing all of their pitchers but us feel really clever for introducing something that becomes a beloved character in the game the pitching machine then I think everybody wins. I think even though the Tacos remain the worst team in the league, everybody ends awesome. up winning. You know? I hope. I, I, can, I should explain this a bit. I can explain like wh- why it's so tremendous, the effort that fans put into it. Because this is fans gaming the mechanics in a way that they were not meant to be used. So I mentioned earlier that, that if you're playing the game on the website, you can pick an idol to be your number one player or whatever. And there's a leaderboard that, that tells you who are the most popular players at the moment. But during one season, there, there was a punishment where if certain idols were at the top, they would become disabled. They would be, get put into a giant peanut shell because they were too good and they were showing up the other players. So normally, that sort of would encourage you to switch it up every now and then. But what if you wanted your team players to be punished? What if it was really funny if you coordinated with thousands and thousands of other people to idolize the exact same players and put them up on the leaderboard at the exact right moment, like this tiny window of like an hour of real life time, so that when the clock strikes, all of the pitchers from the from the infinite tacos got encased in giant peanut shells and then disabled their team. Like... Literally, it took over a week of planning of of people getting the word out of saying like, "Hey, this is this is the plan. This is what we're gonna do. Tell all your friends. You have to do these exact things on the website at this exact moment, or it's not gonna work." It was down to the wire. So, like for the hour leading up to it, you had people retweeting on Twitter everywhere, um, spamming the Discord, telling you about this plan, about the sacrifice <laughs> to intentionally cripple their own team. 
And it was amazing. It this was, is this is some Eve online yes, level yes, crazy yes. shit. That's a huge compliment. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> that game, I'm never allowed playing that game. I'm never. I'm not even allowed touching. I'm not allowed looking at it. I have a book <laughs> written about it, and I'm not reading it on purpose because I will never work ever again. But that is a level of social experiment that I am very, very interested in. And I will say that the team, you know, social experiment is a, a word, you know, a phrase that comes up quite a bit. And wow, 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 have the fans ever impressed us? The fact that you get to mess with the system in a way that feels like you're breaking the game and then have the developers respond in kind as if they were ready for you. It, it's such like a cool back and forth that you don't get from many things. So clearly, baseball runs deep. What are your hopes and dreams for the future of this online fictional sport <laughs> and how it evolves. Yeah, I think from the development team's perspective, we really want to make it more approachable over time. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. This this conversation on its own has left you, I'm sure, with many question mark faces and and <laughs> brain breakings. And, and really, a lot of people are going to not understand at all what we're talking about. Um, but that's that's OK. That You know, on one level, that's that's OK. On another level, we want to make it so that it is easier to understand. It is it is fun for people to jump in. The other part about it is we're hoping to continue to make it easier for people to look back and see what happened. And so that's, so we've got some cool stuff coming in this season, this coming season to, to enable that a little bit more, etc. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, I, we get to make a cool thing. It is incredibly fun and rewarding. And so the future of that is hopefully keeping it, keeping it rewarding for everybody and, and keeping it welcoming for everybody too. So if people want to play Blazeball and want to join the Discord, where do they go? Yeah, so the new season starts on March 1st. Uh, it may already be in play right now, but that doesn't mean you can't come in and join us. Uh, you go to the website, blazeball.com, and you'll see at the top the link to the Discord. Please come on in. We're there to welcome you, and uh, you'll be able to join your favorite team's chat rooms. It's a great way to start getting involved in the community. So you choose or just watch. Watch the chaos. It is pretty chaotic and pretty fun. Awesome. Well, thank you, Felix, Elliot, Bria. We really enjoyed having you here. Um, it's been our pleasure meeting you and hearing all about baseball. Yeah, thank I you. can't believe thank you can still us. say, I can't say baseball anymore. So I'm just impressed that any of you can say baseball. Baseball, <laughs> so the L stands for serious. Yes. Yep. yes. <laughs> you nailed it. play put me in coach yeah <laughs> also we didn't talk about this but w did they just add the l just for funsies do you, do you think yeah yeah what else are you gonna call it cool <laughs> well i read somewhere too that they call sports sports and you know so maybe it's just like which is what i've always called them you know <laughs> that is true that is true about you <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, we want to hear from all of you out there, as we always do. Um, have you played baseball? What's if you it been know like what you? a sport is, <laughs> <laughs> tweet me. I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. 
I'm at Junebugger, J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. Also, we love to hear from you by email. Uh, email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. You can also text us or you can leave us a voicemail. The phone number you can do that at is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. And please join our Discord server, a lively community. Not quite 31,000 people, but we're getting there. So we'd love to see you at discord.gg slash 2G1P. And as always, uh, you know, we're just coming in discussing show topics uh, that we've already recorded that have not been recorded yet. You know, people are sharing their ideas and getting to know one another. So discord.gg slash 2G1P. Ali, if they would like to contribute, what do they do? Please visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. Awesome. All right, you uh, baseball fanatics. We'll see you next time. Bye. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg, then meticulously analyzed by thousands of fans to calculate the minutes per minute. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional music in this episode, courtesy of The Garages. Visit thegarages.bandcamp.com for more Blaseball Rock. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A sonic universe. Ooh.